you guys need to be expecting because we got an amazing young lady that loves Jesus a whole lot. Come and share her life with you. So could you guys welcome Mariah? Good morning. Hey, I actually felt something while we were um, talking and praying about the building. Could you stand again? Thank you, Jesus. We're just going to engage our hearts here. You know what? God's going to do something really cool through this building. The building is a building. It's a vehicle, okay? So I want you to understand the point is not the building. The point is Jesus, right? Everyone say the name of Jesus. It's Jesus. Okay, so this is what I want us to do. I want us to go into a place of intercession because this is what the building is called to be. It's called to be a revival center. It's called to be a place of hope. And it's called to be filled with people like you who are first lovers of Jesus that carry the hope of the Lord that are anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So this is what we're going to do right now. We're going to just begin to lift up our voices to the Lord and just thank him. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Come on, every voice, every heart. Come on, this isn't my house. This isn't Dennis's building. This is our house together. Jesus, we contend as a body, and we thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you want to do. God, you can do whatever you want. You are the God of the impossible. And Lord, we stand, Lord Jesus, on impossibilities, looking at a God that, that looks at those things and makes them possible. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, signs, wonders, and miracles. Whoo! Do you see it? Do you see it? Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for the harvest coming in, and we have a place to disciple them. Amen. Okay, go ahead and sit down. Thank you, Lord. I think it's important for us as a house to stand and engage our faith, believing for the things of God that he has set over us. Amen? And to contend for one another. And to contend for what God wants to do. So this is the story that God wants to write in us. Hey, I've got a confession to make. I have not been myself in front of you guys. I haven't been myself. I real, there's a, a, last month, the Lord said something to me that rocked me. And he said, give me your dignity. Give me your dignity. Yield. Almost to the point where I was like, man, if I had money for a tattoo right now, that's what I'd put right here. Yield. Okay. <laughs> I will yield. Um, but I felt like the Lord was coming in and he was ministering to Martin. He was saying, give me your dignity, Mariah. I want wild worship from you. And somehow I found myself a little contained. I'll be honest with you. And by nature, I am a very passionate, wild person. You don't have to be like me, but I must be like me. <laughs> and so... Um, I want to say, I'm sorry, I haven't been myself in front of you, but just watch out. Because I'm going to be myself in front of you. And here's the invitation. The Lord wants to tell you who you are. He wants to remind you who you are. He wants you to know that you are a son, you're a daughter, you are fully loved, you are fully known, you are fully seen. You may be in a room full of people, but the Lord sees you. He sees what's on you. He sees what's within you. He has dreamed about you. He knows your name. He knows everything about you. 
Isn't that good news? So I want you to repeat after me. Say, revival is coming. Revival is here. Revival is Jesus. Okay, let's say it again. Revival is coming. Revival is here. Revival is Jesus. Oh, isn't that good? Revival is Jesus. Okay, so this is what I said for first service. I want to say it here too. I feel like revival has been, for some of you, you guys don't know what revival is. Maybe that's a foreign word to you. Revival is basically, it's just simply a heart that is awakened in the love of Jesus. Is there anything better than being awakened in the love of God? It sounds so simple, but man, it'll change your life. How many of you have been changed by the love of Jesus? Come on. This is a room full of testimonies. So, and then there's some, some of you in here that I feel like revival is a curse word. It's a curse word to you. Maybe you've heard it too many times, or maybe you've been in what you thought was a revival. And then it came, and then it went, and it left you a little disillusioned, maybe a little bit disappointed. And the Lord said, I want to heal that part of your heart, that disappointment, the disillusionment. I want to take that away. I want to deliver you because a revival is a heart that is being awakened in love. And that's what it is. It's not a meeting. It's not that leader that spoke against you. It's not just merely a manifestation. It's not a program. It's not even a movement. It's Jesus. So my message is really simple. It's Jesus. <laughs> Just the love of Jesus. Here we are standing on the threshold of another year going into 2020. And man, okay, first of all, I have to say, um, I, I, you know, every year we, as a church body, so a lot of you guys are familiar with leaning in for another prophetic word. And so maybe there's some of you that are like me. Maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. But it's like at the beginning of every year when someone comes up with, an, you know, like the year for 2019 is or the year for 2018 is da, 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 da. And you hear it year after year after year. God's going to come in a breakthrough. There's going to be a shift. The harvest is coming in. Da, 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 da. This is the year of the evangelist. And then you're just like, yeah. And then it just, it seems like it doesn't happen. And then at the end of the year, you're kind of like, Okay, what was that? You know, and then at the end of the year, we keep on, you know, there's some of us that say like, man, this, this year was hard. <laughs> and at the beginning of the year, we, we are so full of hope. And so something can happen. And again, maybe this isn't any of you. Maybe this is just me. That at times we can get cynical about words that come out. We can get cynical about God is the God of breakthrough. He's going to break through in 2020. God is the God of the evangelist. Like he wants to evangelize. He's, he's going to come in. He's the God of the harvest. And then we get all like a little bit hardened against those words. But I want to tell you, God is so full of hope that if we ask, he will always give a word, a breakthrough. He will always give a word that it, the harvest is coming in because that's his heart. That's his heart. So I want to challenge you today to lean in. And those words that may have hurt you before, be open. Ask the Lord, Jesus, come in and just heal that part of my heart that feels like it's callous to your words. Because he will always give hope. He will always give hope. Okay, come on, say again. Revival is coming. Revival is here. Revival is Jesus.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So in December, we went through, um, through a, a sermon series, and it was called Preparing Him Room. And we learned in December how to slow down. We went countercultural, right? Because in a time where everything gets super busy, we got a lot of gifts, we got all these events, we got things to go to, we got to decorate the house, you know. And then for some reason, all the tournaments are around that time, like, you know, just everything. All the cookie baking, and then all of a sudden, like, so anyway, that's when we decided to go countercultural and say, okay, let's talk about preparing room for the Lord. Let's talk about slowing down. And I just want you to know that slowing down, the message of slowing down and the practical um, disciplines of learning how to slow down is not just so that you have a better life. It's not so that we have a more balanced life. It's so that we can see the face of Jesus clear. You see, I decided a long time ago, like, I'm not going to go for balance. (laughs) I'm not going to go for a balanced life. I'm going to go for the face of Jesus. That's what I'm looking for. Amen? So this simply is all that um, was laid on my heart today. (laughs) We just need the first flame of love. Why don't you guys go ahead and turn to Revelation. I want you to turn to Revelation 2. I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation, but you can follow along in any other translation that you have. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Jesus, that so many times you offend our minds to reveal the motive of our heart because you want to conquer our heart. Because you love us so much. You love us, Jesus. Okay, Revelation 2. Verse 2, it says, I know all that you've done for me. You've worked hard and persevered. I know that you don't tolerate evil. You've tested those who claim to be apostles and prove they're not. For they were imposters. I also know how you bravely endured trials and persecutions because of my name. Yet you have not been, become discouraged. But I have this against you. You've abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. Think about how far you've fallen. Repent and do the works of love you did at first. So I love, I love like how it talks about in the beginning, you know, that's just the Lord. He'll always come and encourage us, right? So he's coming in and he's encouraging the church and he's just saying, and can you find yourself in this storyline? I can. Where it's just like, um, uh, you worked hard and persevered. Thank you, Jesus. Northgate, we worked hard and we persevered. You don't tolerate evil. You've tested those who claim to be apostles and weren't. I know how you bravely endured trials and persecutions because of my name, yet you weren't discouraged. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for encouraging us. He sees us, and he says, but I have this against you. You've abandoned the passionate love you you had for me in the beginning. And I read that this week, and I went, oh, because the word of God before it ever comes to a congregation is to pierce us first, right? So the first place I went was, oh, Jesus, because right here in the invitation, there's an invitation. Think about how far you have fallen. Repent. 
and do the works of love you did at first. Thank you, God, that you didn't just leave us with, this is what I have against you, and then that's it. He gave us an invitation in how to be restored back to first love. Repent and do the, the things you did at first. Do you remember those things that you did at first? I do. I was a teenager. I remember I was giving, uh, you know, hours at, at a time to the Lord and worshiping the face of Jesus. I remember the presence of God was just for, I was be, becoming familiar with the presence of God. And I was just like, whoa, I can't get enough of this. And so I, I was like 13 years old and the Lord came to me through Song of Songs and through the Psalms. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm a worship leader. Every once in a while I lead worship. And so I've done that since I was young. And so at 12, 13 years old, I'm singing about Jesus as the lover of my soul. And people, it's so much so that people are going to my parents and saying, how does she know that stuff? Like, she's not even, does she have a boyfriend? I mean, like, she's not old enough to know what that means. And they said she caught a revelation in her time of worship. And so when I was thinking about this verse and the Lord says, think about how far you've fallen, repent and do the works of love you did at first, I was realizing, wow, it's so simple to be in first love. And I want to tell you, it's so simple. It is. It's so simple. And sometimes we can make it so hard with programs or different books. I got to read a different book. I got to study a little bit harder. I got to get all these revelations going. But it is so simple. But it will cost you your life. It will cost us everything to live in the simplicity of Jesus. To live in his love, in his undying love. And really, that's what he wants to do. I was praying with my family last night. And that was like one of the prayers that came up. Oh, God wants to crush you. Have you guys ever sang that song? Uh, in the pressing, in the crushing, you are bringing new wine. You know that song? It's a good song. It's really pretty. But it is what the Lord wants to do. His presence wants to press onto your heart to the point that when you're crushed, the oil of the Holy Spirit comes out. And for some of us here, we have to give in. It's time to give in to the pressing, the crushing of the Lord. Because that's what he wants to do. He wants to produce in you, the heart of his son, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, man, he's so beautiful. Can you guys just look up for a moment? Jesus, Jesus, we just look to you. Oh, Jesus. Just take a deep breath here. Father, we become aware of your presence. Ah, we even become aware of what's in your presence in us. God, would you examine our hearts? For some of you, this might be the first time 
that you're actually feeling the pain that's in your heart that you've been running from. For some of you, this might be the first time that you're present with the voice of the Holy Spirit trying to tell you to do something and you're scared of it. (laughs) And I want to let you know he's good and he can handle anything. Nothing worries him. Nothing worries him. Isn't that good? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I told you guys in the beginning, my message is so easy. It's so simple. It's just Jesus. It's just Jesus. You know, I was talking to Carla and to Dennis, and we were talking about, like, something that we were doing at the church, just trying to figure out some strategy. And so, like, as we were pressing into conversation, I was like, ah, you know what? I, I, I mean, we all agree. I think... It, all of us were there. I was like, man, I don't, I don't see the next step except to pray. Like, we've got to pray. I think we need to pray. And so we're all like, yeah, let's pray. Let's pray. And there was three um, hours in the week that I could dedicate to, uh, my time to. So I told a couple of other friends, said, hey, we're going to pray at these times. You guys are more than welcome to come. And uh, nothing's on accident to the Lord, but we accidentally birthed the house of prayer at Northgate. So Northgate, we have a house of prayer. <laughs> so, um, and we'll tell you more about that in the week. You guys can follow Facebook because we'll talk a little bit more about it. But um, in prayer, I want to just tell you a couple things about prayer. You can do more than pray after you pray, but you cannot do more than pray until after you've prayed. I'll say it again. You can do more than pray after you pray, but you cannot do more than pray until after you've prayed. You see, prayer offends our strength because we are so used to, if we're going back to December and about how like, you know, sometimes we're busy and we want to learn how to slow down, right? Like prayer offends our strength because in our strength, we pick up so many things and we try to do so much. But God is so drawn to weakness like that. So we opened up this house of prayer. We, I mean, it was really simple. I think it sounds grander when we say house of prayer, but it's really simple. It's just us in a room praying. <laughs> That's all that it is. We're just like, we're seeking Jesus. So we got into the room. We're like, God, what is the strategy, Jesus? We want your heart. Put a target on something and let us like go towards that, right? So we're just praying. You know, like we're setting aside time. God, we know that you will honor the time that we set before you. We come here to seek your face. What is it that you want to do? What is it that you want to do? And he said, unless I am in the midst Unless I am in the midst. And I was like, oh, Jesus wants to be in the midst. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. I mean, we already believe he's here. But sometimes we need to awaken ourselves. Like, we're becoming aware of the presence of God, right? And when I say the presence of God, I've said this up here before, it's, it's not like a cloud. It's just God himself, right? So... All of a sudden, the strategy went from, the prayer strategy was just like, God, let us know. You know, so at first it was like certain things were at bullet points on the whiteboard. Like, we're going to pray for these things. And we believe God is going to answer us for these things. And instead, he came into the room and said, unless I am in the midst, unless I am the burning flame of love inside your heart. Wow. Jesus. And so we've only been doing this for like four months, I mean four weeks, but we have not moved off of that prayer. Jesus, be the flame. Jesus, be the first. 
Jesus, Jesus. And so, and then that took us to um, a scripture where it talks about his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so in the presence of the Father, we started recognizing, wow, we got a lot of yokes. There's a lot of yokes and they're really heavy. And in the presence of God, when you ask him to be there, his light comes and it reveals certain things in your heart. And so all of a sudden we were aware of all of these yokes. Whoa, that's too heavy. I'm not supposed to carry that. So like the yoke of my insecurity, the yoke of my false responsibility, the yoke of my fear has to come off in the presence of God. Amen? to take on an easier yoke, which is the yoke of Christ. And he said, his yoke is easy. His burden, it's light. And so we have a lot of dreams for this house. And I know there's a lot of people in here that understand that you have a call of the Lord on your life. A lot of you are holding prophetic words of things that you're gonna do. You know, God's, people have said like, you're a worship leader and you're going to go to the nations and you're going to write many songs or you're going to open up businesses or you're going to go into government or you're going to teach this or you're going to do that or you're going to build a church or blah, 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 all this stuff. And so sometimes we get into like, okay, wait, how are we going to do that? I don't, how am I going to do this prophetic word? Okay, how's this going to work? <laughs> Jesus, help me figure out how does this work? And he goes, unless I am the burning flame of love in your heart, right? Unless I am the first. It says, seek first his kingdom, and then everything else gets added. Everything else gets added. You guys, this is not a new word. I know it seems really simple, right? But this is a word of alignment for us right now. So we're sitting at the end of the holidays of, of Christmas, Merry post-Christmas, everyone survived. Yay, you're all here. We're worshiping Jesus. Jesus is good. And now we're walking into the door of a new year. And I believe with all of my heart that God wants to move. That when we come here in this room, we won't just be singing about Jesus. We'll be singing to him every heart. And that when people are not just walking into this building, but they're driving by any place that we are singing and worshiping together, they'll be like, what's going on? I'm turning in here. All of a sudden, I feel like I need to be going into this place. Because really, it's not about a place. Do you understand? It's not about a place. It's about Jesus. And so yesterday, I was worshiping with my family. I was worshiping last night with my family. And, and um, I've been serving the Lord since I was five years old. So, but this revelation still gets me that Jesus is real. And that's, and that's what I was getting last night. I was like worshiping the Lord and we we're just worshiping and lifting up our voices to the Lord. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, Jesus is real. He's not a person. I mean, he's not a person. He's not a feeling. He's not a feeling. He's real. Oh, man. Actually, sometimes that's how we feel. He's not a person. He's just a feeling, right? He's not a feeling. He is a person and he is real and he is here. He's here. What is possible when God is here? What is possible when God is here? <laughs> oh, man. Today's a good day for miracles. 
The greatest miracle of all is a heart that is transformed and given over to the Lordship of Jesus. I just want you to know, if you're wondering what it is, it's not angels showing up, it's not the wind blowing, all that stuff is good, people getting healed is good, like all that is good, but the greatest miracle of all is a heart that is reconciled back to the King of Kings. Right? Because really in a moment, Jesus comes in and he's, I mean, this is the gospel that we believe. I know, understand a lot of us were in process. We, and I love that because Jesus is so patient with us. But you need to be aware of the fact that you were once in darkness and bam, you're in light. You were in death, but then you came to life. It's like that. We are becoming aware of who the Lord is and who Jesus is. Whew. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You guys okay? Okay. Thank you, Lord. I had a dream, um, and the Lord was speaking to me. This was last month. But I'm going to be sharing this because I believe it's for the house, okay? So I had a dream that the Lord was speaking to me, and he said, I don't want your words to be vapor. I want them to be fire. I don't want them to be dry, but to release a river. And I remember, like, in the dream, I'm standing there. I could feel the voice of, I can feel the voice of the Lord because it was like wind, but he was also yelling it. I don't want your words to be vapor. I want your words to be fire, I don't want them to be dry, but to release a river. And in the dream, he showed me how the life I carry inside of me first goes to my children. I love that this house is about family. It goes to my children, and then it's used to release my children, and then it goes on from there. So God is going to the deep places of his lovers, which is you and me, to purify um, our hearts and to purify his voice to the lost. So the kingdom of heaven is advanced through people, you and me, believers, lovers, first flame, right? Not out of duty and obligation and checking the box, right? But out of the living flame of the Holy Spirit. And so I really think that revelation too that we were talking about earlier, but I have this against you and hear me, this is not a, a word of condemnation. It's not even my words. <laughs> It's Jesus's, but it's not a word of condemnation. It's a word to examine us. Say, okay, Lord, examine us. We want to know, right? And so, like, we allow the word of God to come in and examine us and to say, okay, wh what did we do in the beginning? And so, um, for me, I've been practicing abiding in dependency, and I think this is what the Lord is wanting to do over us as a house, over the church body, globally, is learning absolute dependency upon the Lord, to forsake the way that we've tried in our own strength to do things, and to go towards him. Okay, so what I was saying earlier, a lot of you have dreams and visions over your life that people have either prophesied to you or the Lord has said to you himself, and you're holding those dreams and you're wondering how, how to do it. But I want to let you know, 
that that is not how you crush the kingdom of darkness. It's the moment you believe that you're a son and daughter fully loved by your heavenly father. That's what like kicks the enemy's butt. Do you know that? You become dangerous to the kingdom of darkness the moment that you believe that you are fully loved and fully known. Because now if you're called to government, it's not just government that you're going to be dangerous. You get up and you go to the gas station, you're dangerous. Right? Because nothing's getting in the way. When love is flowing, it's just like, man, who can I love on today? Jesus, who do you want to love on today? Right? So I had two girls that came, into, uh, that came to my door um, the, during Christmas week. And they were Mormons. And I thought, wow, praise God. They're out enduring the cold. Look at this. They're wanting to, like, tell people about God. <laughs> and I'm in my comfortable home. So they come to my door. They knock on the door. And they're like, hi. You know, like, we just want to tell you about the Lord and about Jesus and why he came and the reason for Christmas. And do you believe, do you believe that in Jesus? And I was like, yes, I do. And one of the girls goes, you're a Christian. And I was like, yes, I am. She goes, I can tell. I was like, why don't you guys step inside? It's freezing. It's like two degrees. But see, here's the thing. Like when we live a life in hurry, sometimes those moments can be like, okay, you know what? I don't got time. I, there, I got Christmas presents to wrap. We have these cookies. to. I got to go out the door to another place. But because as a church body, we're practicing how to not be in a hurry, I realized the revelation that I was catching was, oh, Jesus is not in a hurry. He's got time. So I'm looking at these girls. I'm like, why don't you come on in? So they come into the house. And I'm praying the whole time, Jesus, let your presence affect these girls. Let them feel your Holy Spirit. And open up a way for us to be able to talk to them. But if that doesn't open up today, let let them at least encounter your presence. So we're talking, right? So we're, you know, they're kind of telling me a little bit about, like, what they believe and everything. And I'm just like, oh, that's cool. You know, and I'm, I'm just like, I'd, I've got stuff to do. So I'm still doing it. But I'm just like, yeah, you know, I've got my kids are running around. I'm in the middle of dinner. But I'm just talking to them. And, um, and they said, well, we'll go ahead and we're going to leave. But we'd love to come back. And I'm like, I'd love to have you guys back and have tea or something like that. They're like, Sure. And so um, I said, can we pray for you? And so they're like, yes, absolutely. So I said, can, you, can we put our hands on you? Yeah, that's, that's fine. So we put our hands on them. And I, and I just had my kids. So I was just like, come, let's pray for these two people that come into our house. They're like, okay, you know. So, so I said, Abraham, you're going to start. I'll close, okay. Zion, you'll be in the middle. It's kind of like a little mini church service. You know, all those things that you learn in church, you can do at your home too. So I'm just like, okay, Abraham, he's my nine-year-old. I'm like, you pray, I'll close. He's like, okay. He puts his hand on him, and he's just like, God, I pray for your fire to be in their belly and for a river to flow out of them. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm just, I'm kind of like looking, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I just, I want to see how this goes down, you know, so I'm just saying, and these girls are respectfully closing their eyes, but man, I could just tell they're being affected by the presence of the Lord. So I just start praying from God. I just pray that you would purify the gospel in their mouth. And as they go, just honor the message that they carry from your word. 
and that people would know the love of Jesus when they go to their door, right? So I'm just, we're just doing life. We're just being family. We're just being lovers of God. We're learning how to slow down. I'm learning, just like how you're learning, how to slow down. And one of the girls just starts crying, and she feels the Holy Spirit. She's like, whoa, thank you. Thank you. The other one was on mission, so, you know, I, got, I get it. Like, she's just like, we got to go to the next house. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's totally fine. Just come back. And they're like, yes, we'll totally come back. But I, I just want to let you know, like, sometimes it's like the big, super big stories, you know. But sometimes it's the small movements, too, of the Lord wanting to plant seeds, of you just being available to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, and just to take time. Because that's what lovers do. That's what people that love Jesus do. I want to tell you another story. My friend is actually here. But I'm going to tell it. Sarah, go ahead and raise your hand. She's right over there. Okay. So this is my friend from Soldatna. These are my friends from Soldatna. And she actually, I asked her if I could, um, I, I asked her if I could share this story. She said, yes. It's amazing. So, I'm just going to read it word for word for how she said it. So she said, I was, this is about stopping and hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit as lovers of God, okay? I was filling in at an auto shop. A customer I talked with throughout the week came to grab his vehicle. He looked sad. I asked if, he could, if, if I could do anything for him. He said no, he had been crying all day. It was just a bad day. He left. I felt a nudge in my spirit. Ooh, that sneaky Holy Spirit. I heard the Lord say, you're not finished with him yet. I asked, Lord, what do you want me to do? The Lord said, give him the loaf of bread you were given. It seems silly, maybe a little bit embarrassing. I ate off of it. <laughs> I'd already taken a bite and everything, but uh, I clearly heard the Lord say to do it. So I brought it out to the guy getting in the car. I encouraged and prayed for him the rest of the evening until I felt released. One month later, I got a call. The customer came in and said he had had a bad day and really a bad life and was just not looking good in general. He was going to put a bullet in his head, but then came out and, and it, but when I came out, it changed everything. Come on. A nudge from the Holy Spirit causes someone, she stops and she listens because she's a lover of the Lord. And she goes out after this man and gives him some bread that she already took a bite out of and gives him a simple word. And he encounters God, and instead of taking his life, he now lives. Yeah! You carry life. You carry peace. You see, the, the world is looking for peace. You know, they've got books about it. They've got classes and seminars about it. Did you know that? that? We've got all these memes and these gifts and everything that talk about like, you know, these things that we pass out on Instagram, all these things that we pass in, in between each other about peace and, you know, emotional wellness, wellness, <laughs> mental wellness, all this stuff. But we have the corner on peace. So I want to tell you, do you know the man of peace that resides in you? Do you spend time with the man of peace that resides in you? Not only is he peace, but he's fire. So um, 
Can I have a worship team or Tanner and Kelly come up? So I remember um, the other, uh, the, uh, there's a time where I was, Jason and I were talking to our son about the throne room of God. We took him to Revelation 4. And he's just like, he's, you know, he, we, he, we're talking to him about like encounters with the Lord and what the throne room of God is like and everything. And, um, you know, I'm pretty animated as you can see. So I'm like getting his stuffed animals. I'm like, this is the throne of God. These are all the 24 elders. This halo action figure is the angels that go around the throne singing, holy, holy, holy is Lord God almighty. And his throne, there's like thunder, there's lightning. And he's like, whoa, uh, that's a little creepy. Was his honest answer, which I'm like, yeah, that is creepy. <laughs> like angels with a lot of eyeballs, you know, like that is creepy. I think that's probably why the angels were just like, don't be afraid. <laughs> don't be afraid. That's the first thing that you need to know. I have a word for you. <laughs> just wait. Don't be afraid, you know. And so I, I'm just like, Abraham, because he goes, I thought it would be a lot more peaceful. I thought the peace would be there. Like we would just hang back and like eat food and like that's what the throne of God was going to be like. And I'm like, it is. That's the thing about Jesus. He is peace and he is thunder. He is love and he's a warrior. And everything that he is, is available to you. Jesus is real. Jesus is real. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to ask Tanner and Kelly to come in behind because I love worship. Don't you love worship? Worship was good this morning, huh? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You know, as a lover of the Lord, um, and when I say lover of the Lord, it just simply means someone that has given their life over to Jesus, right? Someone that says, I surrender my life to you. You have lordship over my, over my heart. And so for me, when I went back to you, what, it was, what was it in the first place when I first fell in love with you? And so I was thinking about John 15, about abiding, you know? He's the vine, we are the branches. And abiding simply to me, some of abiding is being in the presence, which means the awareness of nearness of God. It's worship, which is passionately expressing our desire and his lordship. Sometimes it's silence. It's being present with God beyond words. It's meditation on scripture. It's listening, sensing, and pondering Christ. And then when we read scripture, it's grasping and applying the truth of the Holy Spirit and, what he's, and the truth that he's leading us to. It's prayer. And Jesus taught us how to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So, Like I said, it's simple, but it'll cost us everything. 
And I think some of what the Lord, because this is what he's doing in me. Some of what the Lord is doing is he's like confronting idols in our lives. And he'll always do it in the grace of his love. So when we stand in the light and in the truth of who God is, there's a provision of his love, of his grace and his mercy. So then when he brings up these things in our hearts that have become first above the Lord, there's the grace and the forgiveness and the restoration and then the victory. Yeah? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, right now, we become aware of your presence, of who you are, the living flame, that you are real, that you are a person, that you are worthy, that you are here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just tell the Lord he's worthy. You're worthy, God. You are. We don't want to sing songs about you, God. We want to sing right to you. Jesus. Jesus. And Father, right here in this place where we are aware of your face, we invite you to examine us with your word, with revelation to you, to return back to our first love. See, there's some of you that have seen amazing things. You've seen miracles. You've seen healing. And you've held these big dreams in your heart. And then somewhere along the way, there was a wounding And so disillusionment set in because we decided to agree with that. Instead of be with Jesus, the Psalm 23 Jesus who said, even when I walk you through the deepest, darkest valley, I will never leave you and I will lead you all the way through. See, we'll know when we have left his leadership, when our thought life is taken over by fear. And that's our bent. But we can be restored back to the leadership of Jesus just like that. Through repentance and turning back to him. And there's some of you today that God wants you to, he wants to restore you back to who you really are, which is beloved fiery, I keep on hearing the word revivalist, so I'm going to say it, (laughs) fiery revivalist. Some of you are supposed to be fiery revivalists in the business arena. Some of you were evangelists. Some of you still are, but you've laid it down because of disillusionment and disappointment. And God says, take your eyes off of the calling. Put your eyes on 
I am the focus. Let me breathe life. Those things are dead without me anyway. We cheat on God all the time with the things of God. But we want to be done with idols and we want to look straight into the face of Jesus. We want to look straight into the face of Jesus. So go ahead and stand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So I want to say this. Are you bringing your full self? And are you being wholehearted with what you're called to do and in a relationship with the Lord? Or are you doing what you can get away with? (laughs) What courageous conversations are you not having? What songs or books are not being written? What business ideas are not being seen? What things are not being birthed because we're not engaging with what God wants to reveal? What's the cost of us not showing up in our love relationship with Jesus? Have we modified ourselves to become more acceptable to others and to make them comfortable when God delighted and has always delighted in the original you. You are a son and you are a daughter made to commune and be in a live relationship, wild relationship and friendship with the living God. And today in the presence of God, I declare I am changed and I am never the same. When I walk out of here, I will not walk out the same person. Because in my heart, I will have agreed with who he is and I am grabbing a hold of him. Him who never lets me go. Jesus, the living flame. The year 2020 is going to be a year of signs, wonders, and miracles. But the biggest miracle is a heart of flame in love relationship to Jesus. Are you in? It's simple, but it'll cost you everything. It's simple, but it will cost you everything. Jesus, we give you everything. God, I give you my dignity. I was pacing back and forth in my living room last night, worshiping the Lord, just like this, because that's what I do in my home. And the Lord said, if you're going to do that there, you've got to do it here. And I'm here to say, I am showing up. I love Jesus too much. I love Jesus. I know you love Jesus. Go ahead and lift up your hands. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, God, that you are real, that you are real. And if, the, and if you want to respond to this, hey, if you want to come back to first love, I want you to come down here. Coming back to first love. Jesus, we want to be a church that is aflame with your presence, with the reality of who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm a son, I'm a daughter, 
and I am hungrier than I've ever been in my whole entire life. This year is the most fruitful season of my life. Do you believe that? This year is the most fruitful season of my life because my life is under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Some of you are gonna wake up in the morning and you're gonna be so hungry for the word of God. And in places where you have not understood it, God is gonna breathe and you're gonna have revelation. And you're going to understand, you're going to begin to understand the word of the Lord. Some of you have been crying out for that. Some of you have, have been losing sleep, have been having trouble going to sleep. And to you, I release Psalm 91. God speaks that over you. I have testimonies of, of just in this last month, praying that over three people who were demonically getting, like just stuff is, was showing up in their room, whatever. Some of them were being tormented. And God put them to sleep and they've been getting the best sleep of their life. Jesus is real. And I am determined to live this day forward, fully knowing who my God is. Thank you, Lord. Brittany, go ahead and come up here. I want Brittany to pray just because she's a fiery intercessor. And I want her to pray this over us for first love. There's some of you that need to be down here. This is not an altar call for salvation. This is just about first love. Jesus, I want first love. I want first love again, to know how to abide in you, to be with you and to walk with you. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this, Lord. We wanna go into the new year with your face before us. I just, yeah, everyone just look at Jesus right now. Put his face before you. His face is interchangeable with his presence. So just look at him. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We love you, God. We ask right now, we repent right now, Lord, for putting idols before you. Even the good things that we've said in your name and we do in your name. God, we repent for all of the things that we do. All of the, all of the autopilot ways we live our life without you. Without being dependent on you, God. We repent. And we come to you again, Jesus. And give us a revelation that if we have all things, if you give us all things, if all of our promises come to pass, if all the things that you've put on our life, all the good things, if all of our, if we become good at everything, if we receive everything in your name, but we don't have you, we have nothing, Jesus. And in the same way that if you take everything, and if we have nothing, but we have you, we have everything. Give us that revelation, Jesus. So we are unoffendable to the end. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that across this room, that in every heart, that you would rekindle the flame of first love in my heart, God. And across this room, rekindle the flame of first love, that she would call to remembrance the things that were and relight the flame, that she would wash away by your mercy and your grace all the things and all the fear and all the pain and all the stuff and the disillusionment that has come in, in its place and rekindle the flame. Jesus, we love you and we are ready and we are hungry. And if there has never been a flame, light the flame, God, right now in hearts. 
thank you, Jesus, that you are washing all things away and that in its place, you're the only thing standing. You are beautiful, Jesus, and we love you. Thank you, Jesus. I also want to make one more invitation. If you don't know Jesus, today's your day to know him. And so if you want to know this Jesus, this man of fire that burns in your belly, that gives you destiny and victory over every area of your life, come down here. We want to pray with you, okay? If you need healing, I want you to come down here. And if you're also 25 and younger, can you guys come down here too? I won't take much longer. There's anyone 25 and younger? Yeah. Come on, revivalists. Jesus. Jesus. Okay, so those of you that are in the seats, go ahead and stretch out your hands towards these young people. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for the fire of God to come on these young people. Jesus, that when they turn to you, Lord God, that you would meet them and that your presence would be so real that today when they walk out of these doors, they would be changed and never the same. God, that they would outrun us. Lord God, that they would have more wild stories than us where we've been conservative. God, that they would lead the way that they would lead the way. Jesus, where places have fallen asleep inside of our hearts, let these young people lead the way. In Jesus' name, God, that they would be so hungry and they wouldn't wait for someone to tell them that they're allowed to be hungry, but that they would just be hungry for you and they would go after you. Girl, you got a destiny. You have a call on your life and you have a call of worship on your life. Jesus wants to sing through you. And when he does, people are going to be broken out of bondage. Thank you, Lord. We love you, God. We love you, Jesus. Isn't he good? Isn't he good? So when you leave here today, be aware of who he is, that he is real. He is real. And then when we come back together for another Sunday, that we would be changed. That we'd go throughout our week, we would be changed. No more business as usual. We don't have to wait till January 1st. We can do it right now. Amen. Can we just praise the Lord Jesus? Can we just praise? Give him glory. Give him glory. Honor you, Lord. Honor you, Lord. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's appropriate uh, for that word to come from these ladies because it's the bride that's going to call the Lord back to earth. You know, the bride's going to call the Lord back to earth. Lord, we ask that you would make us that church, that bride. This calling, come, Lord Jesus, come. Yeah, first love, fire, God. We agree, and all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. All right. If you don't know Jesus, you want to come forward, you still can. God bless you. Have an amazing day. There'll be people here to pray if you want prayer. Otherwise.